This week on NRL Teams, the Tigers turn to a former great to find their stripes. Robbie Farrow joins us here next. Tom Dearden will be a cowboy next season, so will he be sent packing by Kevin? Big name casualties in Canberra as the Raiders' slide continues. And with James Tedesco touch and go, we'll tell you whether the tricolours turn to team sensation Joseph Suarez. Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens and it is lovely as always to have your company. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you to you both for joining us as well for the former Australian and also New South Wales greats, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah. Hello. How are you? Great. The great. The great, the great Robbie Farah. He's, Please. A, a, he's the only, out of either one of us, he's the only one that sat on his local school board. <laughs> that was a pretty cool thing to do. <laughs> Would you like us just to refer you to as the great Robbie Farrow for the rest of the <laughs> No, no, please do not do that. Do not. <laughs> we do want to talk West Tigers to begin with, Robbie, and then I promise we'll talk a little bit of footy as well as those teams yeah. drop at four o'clock. But plenty of headlines this week about the situation at the West Tigers, bound to come after a really tough start to the season. Mm-hmm. You've been involved yourself in some headlines. Not even noticed that you had your mug on a couple of the newspapers across the mm, course of the last yeah. couple of days. Are you taking a more hands-on role at the West Tigers for the rest of the season and what does that look like in reality? Yeah, I think just to clarify as well, I think the headline on the weekend it made it made it seem as if it was a reactive decision after the loss on the weekend, which it completely was. And it's, it was a, an idea that was sort of floated uh, within the club and to myself around four to six weeks ago, the opportunity to, to possibly run the blue shirt. Um, and I had to go get my qualifications through the NRL. So I had to go and sit in a course last week. You know, I, I couldn't do it any earlier. Uh, the work commitments and stuff got in the way. So it wasn't until last week that I, I finally got my qualifications. Uh, now I can possibly run the blue shirt if need be. But it wasn't a decision that was based upon the loss on the weekend. It's something that, uh, as I said, has been in the pipelines for a month or so. And um, you know, whether it comes to fruition or not, I'm not too sure if it'll be this week or, in, or down the future. But now I'm qualified and... You know, there's a possibility of me getting out there and, and running the messages to the boys from Madge. Is that a role that you're excited about? That ability, I guess, to, to lift and provide some direction to the young team in that role? Yeah, look, I think for me, I'm happy to help out in any way I can. Um, the club know that, Madge knows that. Um, you know, last year was difficult for me because of COVID and I wasn't able to get down to training and, and sort of just be around the boys. And now I've really enjoyed getting back down to training you know, one day a week in, in, a, in a coaching role and uh, just being around that environment again is, is awesome and I'm, I'm really enjoying that. So to get back out on, on the field uh, as a trainer, I've got to make sure I don't make any tackles or, <laughs> or be tempted to sort of, uh, you know, get in a dummy half at any time. But, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'd be really excited by the opportunity if it does come around. It's interesting when you hear about the clarity. Obviously, the head, you read a headline and you think that's reaction, it's a panic, it's, yeah. you know, let's get Robbie Farrow back in front. Um, I think it'd be a really good role. I think, you know, we've spoken a few times, but the West Tigers lack some some senior players or keepers, especially in the spine. So I think having Robbie in and around training, running the messages, you know, was a former player with some of the teammates. It just understands, I think, what those players are, what you're going through and how you're feeling sometimes, especially at the moment in a, in a pretty difficult time. There's always going to be a bit of pressure and those headlines are going to come after a one and six start to the season. Noddy, what do you think is the issue? What's going wrong at the Tigers at the moment? Yeah, yeah I certainly think it's... The headlines are reactive to results, and it's a result-driven business. We all know that. Sometimes you can lose and lose with some dignity and and try extremely hard. 
the focus was on Manly two weeks ago until until Tom come back and all of a sudden Des Hazel was one of the best coaches in the competition. Mm. Now Daly Cher Evans is the most informed halfback in the competition. Two weeks ago we were all talking about you know is DCE a chance of losing his position? Uh, is the eight year deal a poor deal? And is Des Hasler um, at the end of his reign? So it, it, it takes a win. Um, I think it takes a win also for a football club to then go. Hang on a sec confidence we spring in the training it's a bit happier we don't have any meetings all the drama it's also all the outside noise that is a is a big chore because everyone's asking what's going wrong what are we hearing you know and, and especially the more you read it the more it creates a distraction i think as a player you, if you can block all that out and just go get my preparation right now my role know what i need to do and, and walk off the field after the match next weekend and go i tried as hard as i could and i'm proud of my effort doesn't guarantee a win but it make it starts to create a culture that you, you can be accountable for Hmm. Robbie, one of the accusations levelled, I guess, is that this West Tigers side needs to land a big fish signing. What do you make of that? And is there a player or a position that you think, you know, they do need that extra support? Yeah, look, it's hard. Look, obviously, recruitment's been a, an issue for us, um, you know, for several years now. Um, look, I think for us, we've always been a development club. And you look at some of the players we've developed over the years, uh, it's a shame we haven't kept on to them because you look at... Yeah, your Tedesco's, your Pappenhausen's, uh, your Addo Cars, Woods, Fafita, yeah, the list, yeah. the list goes on. Um, yeah, we we've got some really good young kids coming through, and I think if we develop those and nurture those kids and bring them through um, and start to create that winning culture from the, the ground up, I don't think success is going to come overnight by going and attracting one or two marquee signings to come and change the culture of the club. You've got to bring these ki kids up, you know, that want to play, that they've grown up playing for Balmain and grown grown up playing for West and they, they love the jersey and their dream is to grow up and be a Tiger and you bring them through and the jersey means everything to them and then you create that culture from within and I think that's how you get long, you know, sustained success and then you'll make it attractive for, someone for, for, the big, for the big names to come in. So, yeah, that's, you know, I'm not involved in recruitment or anything like that but I think, and as you said, big, big name players, your rep players, the reality is they want to go to winning Winning teams, they want to win competitions. Are the Tigers in that position at the moment? As hard as, as hard as it is for me to say, we're not. So, yeah, how do you attract those guys? You almost got to create them yourselves. Dane Laurie's been a really good find. No one knew who Dane Laurie was, and obviously, a really good find from Jackson Hastings coming next year. And, and obviously, he's a, gone off to England. He, I think he'll play that Jersey 13 role. So, you talk about that ball play lock. And big Stefano, the big front row, I yeah. think he's a really good find. So, he's a chance yeah. of, of being a, a potential player. So, again, you want to see your team win every week, but in the real, there's eight winners and there's eight losers normally out of every round. But obviously, as you said, you'd like to see. I think it's the fact that they get beaten Golden Point and then they get beat so easy. There's a yeah. difference in that, isn't there? So ultimately, is that what we need to see? A win this weekend and it all goes away, Noddy? Uh, yeah, definitely. A win changes everything. It's mm. gone away for Manly. It's gone away for other clubs. A, a win, even you can lose. You can lose with effort. And you can get education from losses. I think most people would have been really proud of how they played against South Sydney. But they, as a fan, you wouldn't have been extremely proud of how they played against Manly. So the difference is the scoreline. The difference is you can go, oh, well, how can you play South Sydney and take them to Golden Point? And then the week later, you can play Manly and don't perform like that. But that's that inexperience. That's that's a team that's creating culture, learning to play with each other and, and lacking some key personnel in really big positions. We did actually have a massive weekend of footy just played. Fancy that over yes, the course yeah. of the Anzac weekend before the teams drop for round eight. I want to hear your three, two and one from round seven. Noddy, who impressed you? One point was the Sam Walker. Uh, he started a bit shaky on Anzac Day and, and missed a couple of conversions, bits and pieces, but he was a star for, for the rest. I got two players from the same side. 
So Brian uh, ran for about 380 metres the other night and, and was unbelievable. And James Fisher-Harris, the front rower, I, I gave him as the best player of the weekend. So Penrith have got two of the three best players of last weekend's round. So that's how good they're going. My three, two, one. Uh, my one point was Jerome Hughes. Thought he was outstanding yeah. for the Storm. My two points, uh, Tommy Turbo. Uh, just to, to think he was out for such a long period of time and, and come back in the form he is has just been outstanding. And I may be a little bit biased, but my three points went to my old mate Benji. I thought, yeah, he was outstanding on the weekend. Um, you know, really dragged them back into the game. Uh, showed some of his old flair, a bit of speed yeah. in those old yeah. legs as well. Come up with a flick pass to Alex Johnson. So I thought it was Pat Richards back on the wing for, for the bunnies <laughs> yeah. there. So three points to Benji, mate. I thought he was outstanding. I heard a little rumour on Saturday that he broke the record for the most metres in a long, long while for South Sydney. So I wonder if that's correct. Those old legs maybe wound back the <laughs> clock. still got it. They have 100%. Yeah. GPS data got, got blown yeah. off the park by Benji Marshall. I reckon he'll get a mention or two throughout the show yeah. today. Let's head <laughs> to our teams, shall we, and start with Thursday night footy. It'll all get underway in Canberra at GIO Stadium where the Raiders will take on the Rabbitohs. Let's have a look at Ricky Stewart's side first because he has made several key changes. 284-game veteran Jared Croker is out for a fortnight with a shoulder complaint. Josh Papali'i is being rested as part of the club's rotation policy with Joe Tarpanay back onto the bench. Bailey Simonson returns from a head knock pushing Sebastian Chris into the centres. For the Rabbitohs, plenty of movement but looking very similar to how they actually lined up last week. Cody Walker is at fullback. Latrell Mitchell of course suspended until round 11. Alex Johnston and Jackson Paulo on the wings. Dane Gagai in the centres with the evergreen Benji Marshall at 5'8". This will be his 332nd NRL game becoming the most capped Kiwi in NRL history. Prop Tavita Totola failed his HIA in that win on the weekend. He's been named. We'll have to go through the normal concussion protocols this week. Gents, the Raiders let an 18-point lead slip against the Cowboys. Not the first time this season that they've let a big win, a big lead get away from them, and that's four losses in five. Noddy, what's going wrong in Canberra at the moment? Well, we just put all the headlines on the West Tigers at the start of the yeah. match. The Canberra Raiders were expected to be a grand final side, or, or they're about competing for the grand final. So they've they've gone they're, they're way off the radar. We talk about that toughness that they were playing with at the start of the year. They, were, they could win games. They were just they were a bit clunky in attack, but now they've lost. They've lost a fair bit of grittiness as well. As you said, they've given away a fair few leads this year. Um, the Cowboys were wonderful. No, let's not, let's not talk the Cowboys down. They were terrific in their comeback. But, you know, Ricky Stewart put them all on notice last week. World of the Axe put them all on notice. Is again this week putting them all on notice, changing positions around again. Um, they blamed Josh Hodgson for a little while there. They were spoiling the like, overplaying around the dummy half. I, I don't know what's going wrong with them because it just looks like they don't know what they're trying to do in attack. Yeah, I think defensively too, it's very uncharacteristic. As you said, they've been a tough footy side for so long where even if they weren't at their best with the ball, they'd find a way to win through their grit in defence. Um, and you think at you know, 24 to 6, I think they were up, 24 to 8, you know, Canberra win that, that yeah. game nine times out of ten. Um, yeah, but for them to concede some, you know, the points they did and some of the tries were, were really soft tries, I think that would be concerning Ricky Stewart at the moment. Given the tough month that they've had, are you surprised that Ricky Stewart is choosing, opting to rest Josh Papali'i on a weekend like this? Yeah, again, you don't know. Is he playing injured? Is he playing busted? You know, it might be better uh, you know, not to sort of wear him down while, you know, whilst he's not, as, not at his best. They do have some great depth there. You look at their back row, still like Harry Naira comes into the side, uh, Elliot Whitehead, Ryan Sutton as well. So, um, yeah, look, he, he'll be expecting a reaction. And I think you know, this week against 
a, a red hot South Sydney side, there's no better opportunity for, for the Raiders to play themselves back in the form. We've mentioned Benji already. <laughs> he has shown that he so clearly still has it. Is this a case, Noddy, of ultimately nothing beats footy smarts and experience at the end of the day? That's right. And, and, and a good footy player and a good footy team that ask a lot of questions, get some momentum. The six to go rule is a halfback. If you get the defensive line going backwards and a class of Benji Marshall with people running in and around you, he's still got the skill to come up with the right decision, the right passes. Um, you know, and experience experience is very, very important. Understanding game management is very, very important. And you can't, you know, Sam Walker will get that. Sam Walker's shining at the moment, but in different ways. It's just natural talent. So he doesn't know that game management, doesn't have the class, doesn't have the, the, the probably the mental strength as a Benji Marshall. That comes with experience. He's got a year or two to get it. Got a few more years. Yeah. Got a few. <laughs> I think Benji this week, shh, don't mention yeah. it. On that, if the Rabbitohs do lose the likes of Adam Reynolds at the end of this season, if, do they give Benji another year, Robbie? I texted him during the week and yeah. I said that. I said one more year, he said no chance. So uh. um, it's, it's not a crazy idea. Um, you know, when, when you've got him and you wouldn't expect him to play 80 minutes every week, um, you know, he could come off the bench, he, you might rest him for two or three weeks, but... You've got that luxury of, you know, if we do have an injury, if we do have a suspension, you bring in someone of Benji Marshall's calibre, pretty handy replacement to have, you know, sitting there in the wings waiting for, for a game. So, uh, and not just what he provides on the field, but it's the leadership and, you know, the experience that he provides off the field to the younger guys at training, day to day, his professionalism, all those things, um, you know, bring value to a, a footy club. He'll be very helpful to around origin. There'll be multiple players from South Sydney mm. that'll go off and play Origin. And then Benji will go, mate, can you play 5-8 this week? Could you play centre this week? Can you play dummy half? Like, And he could, do it, he could do it and do it well in every position. You've got the rest of the season to talk him round, Robbie. Let's see how <laughs> yeah. you go. Let's head to Friday night footy and to Melbourne, first of all, where the Storm take on the Sharkies. 6pm kick-off at Amy Park. For the home side, George Jennings is out after that head knock against the Warriors. Five-day turnaround made it really tough for him. So Remus Smith moves on to the wing and Tom Eisenhuth comes into the starting side. Riley Jacks and Chris Lewis come onto the bench. Nelson Asafa solomona developed some concussion symptoms post-game. He's being rested this week for the Sharks. He said he'd need a few weeks to get up to speed, but Will Chambers has been thrust into the starting lineup for the Sharkies against his old side. He comes in at the expense of Josh Dugan, who has dropped out of the 17. Two big ins in the forwards. Skipper Wade Graham returns after missing two weeks with a head knock, and Aidan Tolman is back from suspension. Teague Wilton and Braden Ueli shift back to the bench. Matt Moylan is in jersey 18 after missing last week with a quad concern. For the Storm, they have shown that they can do it without... Ryan Pappenhausen. They've scored more points than any other club this season. I want to talk to you about Jerome Hughes yeah. to begin with. We haven't mentioned him really yet this year. Is he showing that he's in a great position to lead this side around this season? Yeah, definitely. And, and they've invested in him for the next few years. That was a, a big decision for him to stay there instead of going to the Warriors. Uh, you gave him some points in your yeah. player there. He had two line break assists, three line breaks and four tries this last week. And then we always continuously talk about Pappenhausen, Harry Grant and Munster on the left edge. Well, now all of a sudden, the right edge has got some options, uh, developing into a high-quality play. I really liked how he ran the ball and how he squared up the defensive line um, and, and, and put the players outside him into positions. He's developing a kicking game that was pretty new to him because obviously he took over from Cooper Cronk and probably wasn't a natural kicker of the ball as he, you know, he was the first-choice fullback yeah. when, when, when yeah. Slater retired. 
now all of a sudden he's the game managing halfback and doing a wonderful job. Well, hasn't his game evolved? As you yeah. said, he, you know, he was a fullback and they had Brodie Croft at yeah. half and they chopped and changed and they hadn't really settled on a halfback after Cooper Cronk had moved on. And now he's just made the position his yeah. own. And, and now no Cameron Smith there this year. He's taken you know, the team by the scruff of the neck. He was outstanding on the weekend. He's a, he's a premiership winning halfback and uh, he just, his game just keeps going from strength to strength. Sean Johnson, back for your Sharkies, played 60-odd minutes on the weekend. How did you think he looked and how long does it take to come back from an injury as serious as that Achilles one that yeah. he's recovering from? I would say it takes several weeks. You know, I, the, I think he'd be a little, not doubtful, but I think an Achilles injury is massive, mm. a massive injury to come back from. Be probably that little bit of hesitation, especially knowing the age. You don't, wouldn't want to do it again. You probably haven't been able to do a lot of volume of running with the fact that you are recovering from an Achilles injury. I'm pretty sure you've done lots of other training, but well, um, I thought he was reasonably good. Uh, they bottomed five or six chances, I think it was, uh, to score tries. Their wingers mm. couldn't get the ball over the line, so they, they narrowly got beat. I'm not too sure what happened with Sean at the end of the match. When I thought you'd want the big gun at the on the field at the end of the match. Um, Will Chambers is a good pick. Will Chambers is playing against his former teammate and his former club. It doesn't matter if he's not quite ready. He's going to Melbourne to play against the former club, so I think he lifts and he responds, and, and it's, a, it's a good challenge for him. You mentioned Will Chambers. Where does that leave Josh Dugan, who I think is off contract at the end of this year? Yeah, he's off contract, obviously. Um, and, and, to, and to be fair, yeah, he didn't have one of his best games last week, Josh. He, he came up with a couple of simple errors and... Um, He'd be disappointed in his performance and, and Josh Hannay sort of hasn't uh, hesitated in, um, in dropping one of their senior players. So he's made a statement there by, by not giving Josh a second chance. And uh, yeah, it's, a, a, I guess, a crucial time now for, for Dukes. He's got to force his way back into the NRL side and play for a contract next year, whether it's at the Sharks or elsewhere. I'm pretty sure he might have signed Japanese rugby. I think in and around... Well, it's a swap. No, Will Chambers out. No, next, I'm pretty in. sure next year he's... I'm pretty sure he's looking at going... Or I don't know, he's he spoke about it, yeah. ...about going to, to Japanese rugby. So I don't know whether that's signed or not signed or whether it's just happened here for being released right now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in the pipeline for Josh Dugan. There's I, been I, the conversations. Yeah. I don't know if there's been an official announcement until right now. Not yeah, well, I'm not sure, but that's where I thought he was heading. I, I thought mm. the deal was done. Interesting. All right, let's head to Friday night footy, the second game of Friday night into Brisbane where the Broncos will take on the Titans. Chance for the Titans to make it two from two against the Broncos in the first couple of months of the season for Kevy Walters' side. Another week, another halves combination for the Broncos with Anthony Milford recalled and Tyson Gamble to start at halfback in his fourth NRL match. Tom Dearden is gone altogether and Brody Croft is in Jersey 21. The only other change sees Jesse Arthurs return from illness in place of David Mead. For the Titans, Anthony Don makes his comeback from a hip injury. He's on the wing with Philip Sammy shifting into the centres to cover for Patrick Herbert, who is out with a calf injury. He'll be on the sidelines for the next month or so. Front rower Sam Lassoni ruled out with a pec injury. He's looking at six weeks out, unfortunately, which gives Herman SASA his chance to make his Titans debut off the bench. Kev Proctor has been named. He is expected to play, but he did pick up a minor knee injury complaint last weekend. Bo Firma would go straight into the back row if Proctor's ruled out. And I hear Bo Firma scored a hat trick for the Burley Bears last weekend. Looking at the Broncos' side to begin with, gentlemen. Kevy, looking at a, roster's, uh, a roster overhaul at the Broncos, Tom Dearden will go to the Cowboys next season. Will we see him play for the Broncos again this year? Oh, not by choice, I don't think. I think he's obviously made it quite clear now that uh, 
you know, he's, he's straight out of the, the NRL side. Uh, they're not going to sort of invest any more any more time into his development now that he's moved on to to one of their Queensland rivals. And uh, we see Tyson Gamble, who's I'm not sure how much halfback he's played. Tyson was at the Tigers uh, a few years ago when I was there, and he was a, he was a five eight, a running five eight. I don't think he's a, an organising halfback to be honest. But he gets his opportunity this week. Anthony Milford, who Kevy initially said was going to go back into the Q Cup for a minimum of four to five weeks, finds himself back in the NRL. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot going on up there at the Broncos. But um, I, I just think defensively their efforts in defence or their lack lack of effort in defence and some of the tries they're conceding is that's the, the most concerning thing. They could put whoever they want at half and 5-8, but if they don't start working hard for each other and uh, in those little effort areas in the game... Um, then their game's not going to improve. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Tom Dearden play again unless there's an injury or he's mm. forced to get picked. He, he's dealt his cards and he's gone on. So I, Kevin Waters has got to make some pretty tough decisions. As you said, there's about 15 players he's told will probably be cleared on. And that's because of the, probably the culture up there. We're hearing the, over the last few weeks, there's been some really big rumours about how they behave off the field, some, some issues with behaviour and going out continuously. And they've been criticised for some ex-players previously about being big heads and hadn't really achieved too many things. Now that they've been put on notice, the former player and great Kevin Waters is back there as coach. He has to wear the brunt of this for the next 18 months, unfortunately. You can't change rosters quickly. There's a thing called a salary cap, which is hard to, to manage. And then it's also who wants to go to the Brisbane Broncos while they're at the bottom of the competition mm. as well. So you wouldn't have thought the powerhouse being the Brisbane Broncos, who have got the biggest fan base, make the most money in the competition, have the biggest academy, could ever sit there and own a wooden spoon and be going as bad as they are. Before we move on, can I ask you about Tom Dearden? From a player's perspective, Robbie, he's a young guy. Do you think the tumultuous start to this season that he had with the Broncos, in again, out again, another half on the bench, kind of breathing down their necks, do you think that would have had an impact on his decision about where he's going to play his footy in 2022? Yeah, I think so. I think when you're in, you know, in the side, out of the side, when you're starting but there's another halfback on the bench, you, you almost don't know where you stand. You know, there's no confidence being shown from the from the coaching staff. And um, you know, the Cowboys were were pretty keen to get a quality half or quality halves up there. They've got Chad Townsend last week. Now they've got the signing of Tom Dearden. So they've obviously pitched to him as yeah, they're they want them to be their long-term halves combination to, to take that club forward. And and he's believed in the project up there and, and he's excited by that. So, so um, in the end, I'm sure it was an easy decision for him. For the Titans, who are looking to make it two from two against the Broncos yeah. this season, they were great in the first half last week, as was David Fafita, really led from the front. For a young forward, how does he turn that kind of form into the ability to then, when the chips are down, turn a game back in favour of his team. Yeah, he's a very special player. I think he sits second or third on the, on the try scoring in the competition at the moment as a back row. He, it's like he gets close to the try line and he's a chance of scoring continuously. Um, you know, obviously, uh, with no Tino playing for him at the moment, that's the other strike forward that would be there helping him. Um, it's a development phase, isn't it, for the Titans? They missed the eight last year. They've bought David and, and, and Tino. And now we're saying they're probably a chance of making the eight. Uh, hopefully over the next 12 months, they'll find another one or two players and they'll build that roster and get better. Um, I still think they'll make the eight or be thereabouts in the eight. Um, he does need some assistance from some teammates. And uh, um, Herman S.A.S.A. has waited a long time to give his opportunity to start or get into the Titans' side. I would have thought he'd be picked straight away, but Justin Holbrook's made him fight for it, so he's going to be a quality player who will help uh, David Fafita. Playing against his former club again will want to make a big headline, uh, as there's a few other players from the, from the Broncos playing for the Titans as well.
And this time at Suncorp as well. So yeah. that'll be a really interesting mm. one on Friday night. Let's head to Saturday afternoon footy and to country New South Wales where the Panthers will take on the Seagulls at Carrington Park in Bathurst. Three o'clock kickoff. For the Panthers, hooker Appy Corisau returns from a wrist injury, pushing Mitch Kenny out of the side. No other changes to the 17 with Brent Naden available and appearing in the 21 for the first time this season. For the Sea Eagles, Marty Tapao is back into the front row with Josh Aloyer returning to the bench. Hamoli Olakautu will start in the second row with Sean Kepi on the bench. No sign in the 21 of Curtis Sirinan who is getting close to his return for Manly. From a Panthers perspective to begin with, Matt Burton, another try on the weekend. That's a try in each of the last yeah. four games for the Panthers. When their back line is fully fit, Momorowski, I think, looking at around 10 return, what's your first choice centres pairing? Because Matt Burton's looking very hard to drop right now. I think Matt Burton gets picked every week. Uh, he's a quality player. You know, he's, he's going to be a superstar, for, unfortunately, for Canterbury, not for Penrith. Um, really big kid, um, defends very well, um, comes up with some great plays, knows, because I think he's a former half, or he's a halfback, he knows sort of when, where he's catching the ball, he knows where to run into what the holes are, because he's the ball player normally throwing the ball into those holes. Yeah. Um, got a good left foot kicking game, um, big strong player. Um, I, I think he, he's a really good defender as well. Like if you look at Pen Penrith, have conceded 44 points defensively in the competition. The second best in the competition is the Melbourne Storm on 94. Wow. 50 more points than him. So it's, I look forward to this clash. With Manly the last two weeks, they've scored 40 and 36 points in attack. Manly are flying against the best defensive team in the competition. That's that's the matchup I'm looking mm. forward to on Saturday. When, as you said, three o'clock game at Bathurst, it's going to be hopefully beautiful conditions, fast track. I, I want to see how that balances up because they're blowing everyone away from defence, the, the Penrith football side. Well, speaking of Manly's attack, Daly Cherry Evans has been terrific the last couple of weeks. We know he's a great player. How much better is he with Tom Trebojevic on the field? Well, good players <laughs> around you make you a better player. There's no doubt about that. And um, you know, to have Tommy back, not only what he brings individually, but you know the the effect he has on the players around him. We've seen that you know firsthand with how Daly, Daly Cherry Evans' games changed. Kieran Foran's playing a lot better. Um, yeah, and they, they you know, defensively they were conceding 30 points a game. They've gone zero points the week before against the Titans, and six points on the weekend against the Tigers, and and now they're they're scoring 30 odd points uh, in attack. So their their game's completely flipped around. Uh, as I said, Tommy's just come back in in red hot form, and that's rubbed off on the players around him. So with a fully fit team, what's Manly's ceiling this season? And I need to know this for my footy tips, so can you give me a really great answer? Well, they're close to getting the wooden spoon two weeks <laughs> yeah. ago, now, they're, now well, they're a top eight side. Well, this is a, this is a big week yeah, for them. Yeah. You know, obviously, we know, we you know, know more yeah, this time. Obviously, yeah, the right. Titans weren't at their best. Uh, Tigers were really poor last week. They're playing against the Penrith side that they weren't at their best last week either against the Knights, but they found a way to win in that last 20 minutes. The game was in the balance. I think it was 10-6 with about 15 minutes to go, and then they ran away with it in the end. As Noddy said, they're, they're winning games off the back of their defence because when you're conceding six points a game, you're always a chance of winning. So it'd be interesting to see you know, Manly's attack, the questions they asked Penrith this week, and if they can come up with some points, it's going to be a really interesting game. And they don't necessarily have to win from the top eight side for the end of the year, but they do have to go close and challenge Penrith for a fair, time, a fair bit of their time. 
cracking game mm. and I reckon the locals will absolutely love it. All right, let's head back to Sydney for the 5.30 kickoff. The Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs taking on the Parramatta Eels at Stadium Australia. And for the home side, who had their first win of the season last weekend, an unchanged 17 for Trent Barrett's men. Chris Smith and, Chris Smith and Matt Dury have been named both after failing HIAs in the win over the Sharks. Dallin Watene's Zelezniak is in Jersey 21 after missing last Saturday's game with a knee infection. For the Eels, Brad Arthur has also made minimal changes, naming the same starting side. Ryan Madison is in line for his first match since round three after playing a full 80 in the New South Wales Cup on the weekend. He'll start from the bench with Isaiah Papali'i keeping his spot. Will Smith is missing with a suspected broken thumb. Hayes Dunster comes onto the bench. Still no Wonga Blake as he battles to overcome a calf injury. For the doggies, a massive emotional roller coaster last weekend and a big high at the end of it. And we saw that emotion on the field afterwards. What does that do to a side, Noddy? Come Tuesday or Wednesday on the week after, are you hitting a bit of a... Are you exhausted, emotionally exhausted after that or absolutely raring to go? No, I think they'll be ready to go. I, I think they've waited a long, long time to, to celebrate a victory. They put all that work into practice in the off-season. Trent Barrett would have been selling to them that this is the style of footy, this is what we're going to do, how we're going to compete. A lot of the fitness running. And as you said, they hadn't won a game of football for a long, long time. So... Um, They'd be excited, they'd be happy, they'd be, have a spring in their step, they go to training and all of a sudden there's less meetings, a <laughs> bit more fun at training, everyone's a bit more upbeat and then they go against Parramatta. And again, that's the, that's the local derby. The Parramatta mm. versus Canterbury, big local derby, normally a huge clash, big fan base for both sides. Um, so it's a really good test. You, you, you know, Parramatta, I think, are coming second on the ladder, so you know what you're going to get from them. Um, you know, the style of football they're going to play, it's a chance for Canterbury to just go in with a sprint. They're under no pressure this week. Mm. They've, had, they've won that game now because it was like, when are they going to win? When's the next yeah, time yeah. Canterbury going to win? That's gone. So now they can have a relax and they can have a good preparation and just go out there and give it, give it their best shot. For the Eels, Brad Arthur has a nice problem in that he's got yeah. Ryan Madison back and we know Isaiah Papali'i has been playing such great footy. How does that second row combination work out, Robbie? This weekend, Ryan mm. Madison will come back off the bench. Does that continue? Because Papali'i has been in great form. Well, it's his spot to lose, isn't it? You, you couldn't drop him. He's probably been one of the form back rows of the competition, to be honest, not only at the Eels, but over the NRL. So um, if he keeps playing the way he is, you know, he's been you know, probably the buyer this season, in my opinion. And uh, you just couldn't find a way to drop him. So you know, as you said, it's a, a great luxury for for uh, Brad Arthur to have. They haven't rushed Ryan Madison back. You know, they've given him time with the, you know, the recovery from his, from his concussion. And because I, Isaiah Papali has been playing so well, they haven't had to rush him back. So, and now you've got the luxury of bringing him back off the bench, you know, decreasing his minutes, um, and then just slowly letting him you know, find his way back in the form. But um, it, it's a great headache to have. But at the moment, you know, I think it'll stay the way it is because Papali is just you know, in such great form. Let's head to Newcastle for our Saturday night game where the Newcastle Knights will host the Sydney Roosters at McDonald Jones Stadium, 7.35pm at kickoff, and no changes to Adam O'Brien's side. They are 1 through 17 at this stage after last week's loss to the Panthers. Lachlan Fitzgibbon is on the extended bench as he looks to work his way back from a shoulder injury to play his first game this season. Tex Hoy is fit again. He's in Jersey 21. Edric Lee getting close to a return too, but hasn't been named this week. For the Roosters, James Tedesco will have to pass concussion protocols this week after failing his in-game HIA at the SCG on Sunday. Sam Verrills will start and Ben Marshke will play off the bench. Siwa Takiaho is back from a rib injury, so Fletcher Baker drops out. 
and Joseph Sawali is in Jersey 21. Some suggestions that he could make his much-anticipated debut if Tedesco is ruled out. From a Knights perspective to begin with, Adam O'Brien has challenged his halves to do more to turn possession into points. Kurt Mann was in everything against the Panthers last week, made that great break up the middle for the Knights only try. But where are points coming from, Noddy, in terms of that really structured attacking play? Yeah, I think they've got to get a lot more from Connor Watson. You know, he, he's exactly the same size, technically, as Victor Radley. If he watches the jersey 13 in front of him this weekend, he'll see a ball-playing 13. And Connor Watson, I thought, would become that ball-playing 13, ball of energy, great late footwork. You get so much good... You get good momentum off your front rowers. They've got a really big pack of front rowers. As you said, Kurt Mann was their best player last week. He was very, very good. From Caelan Ponga, you know he's going to come up with one or two or three chance tries going up. But again, they played against the best defensive team in the competition. And for most of that match, they were in their game. So if you're judging it against how you attack against Penrith, where well, everyone else is a bad attacking side in the competition mm. as well, because they've only scored six points against Penrith they only concede six points on average, so you're judging them against the best. But I think Connor Watson can offload the ball a little bit more. I don't. I think Blake Green's a great man, game manager and kicker of the ball. Not really going to challenge the line, so I think that's why they've got to look at other players to 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 create more for them in attack. Sam Walker is creating plenty for the Roosters at the moment. I loved on the weekend his ability to shake off a little oh. bit of a shaky start. I was there at the SCG yeah. and I saw that first kick miss and I thought, oh, this is a big occasion for the young fella. Mm. But he absolutely stood up and won the game for the Roosters when Tedesco was off the field and someone really needed to lead from the front. How impressive is that from a young fella to be doing that week in, week out so early in his career. Yeah, he just doesn't look flustered. He doesn't look overawed by the position he finds himself in. Um, he, he just backs himself. He, you know, there's not too much structure about him. He takes a line on. He he shows and goes. He, he you know, will throw a, a double cutout pass to his winger if he sees it. He just he Kick backs on himself. Zero. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and right. that's yeah. He's just a kid enjoying his footy and he's backing himself and he's got the confidence to do that and it's, it's absolutely great to see. He's got great pace. So he's using the pace and the ball playing skill to his. To his strength. Obviously, when the defensive line's going backwards, he's coming over that advantage line. You know, the two left foot steps and then uh, has support from that butcher. Um, good kicking game. Classy kid. He's been around NRL his whole life. His dad was a, a great NRL player in Ben Walker, so this is nothing new to him. Uh, he's played four NRL matches. Three wins, one loss, and now gets the Anzac medal. Yeah. It's not a bad start. And the only <laughs> loss was to Melbourne in yeah. Melbourne, yeah. which is absolutely yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Let's head to Sunday afternoon football, shall we? And the Warriors taking on the Cowboys. Two o'clock kickoff at Central Coast Stadium and a number of changes for Nathan Brown's side. Roger Tuavasa-Shek moves back to fullback. David Fusatua makes his comeback from a hamstring injury on the wing. Adam Pompey back in the centres after recovering from his ankle complaint. Young gun Reese Walsh shifts to 5'8 after an impressive debut at fullback on the weekend. Cody Nikarima moves into halfback and Bailey Sirenen back on the bench. Ben Murdoch-Masilla is into the starting side and Jack Murchie drops out of the 17. Cowboys coach Todd Payton up against his former club and he'll hopefully have his skipper back. Jason Taumalolo named to make his long-awaited return for North Queensland. So Lachlan Burr moves back to the bench and Mitchell Dunn drops out of the 21. Jordan McLean suffered a hammy injury last weekend but he's been named to back up. For the Warriors, Reese Walsh, a standout despite the loss. RTS saying he's happy to give up his fullback position when needed for the 18-year-old. Obviously, that's an incredible mentor to have, Noddy, but he shifts into 5'8 this week. It's a lot 
for a young guy to cope with in his first couple of games of NRL footy. Well, we didn't see it affect Sam Walker, so it's probably not going to affect Reese Walsh. You know, he's a young kid that's coming out of the Brisbane system as well. Another player that they've lost. Um, you know, he gets a great opportunity. There he was signed. For, to replace Roger for next year. They've got a release for him early. He's gone over there. Uh, he was great. He looks like a really good ball player. Um, good skill, fast, um, good kick of the ball. So I, I think playing 5'8 will really suit him. You know, we've seen him play, uh, you know, the first pass or second pass role. Uh, I don't know if Roger can, will, look book, will look back and go, I could play on the wing because I think the Fox might have showed him <laughs> up a few times, a few bad decisions. But I think Roger back to fullback and Walsh being the halves, I, he is going to be the player that they will build the halves and build this club around when Roger does leave. And even by the end of this year, he'll be the star of the Warriors. Spoke so well after the mm. game as well and a huge contingent there supporting yeah. the crowd, which was awesome to see. What about Scott Drinkwater for the Cowboys, Robbie? In the last few weeks, he's been really in the form of his Cowboys career. We know the Cowboys have made a couple of big signings for next season in the form of Chad Townsend and Tom Dearden. What does that mean for strong Scott Drinkwater? Well, you speak about uh, young Reese Walsh moving from fullback to 5A. It's the same with Scotty Drinkwater. He's sort of been moved around, but he's the sort of player for me that no matter where you put him, he, you sort of know what you're going to get for him. He's a, a ball of energy. He's, he's always on the ball. He's always sniffing around for an opportunity. As you said, he's been this you know, absolutely outstanding form. And uh, yeah, his form individually has really springboarded the Cowboys into some wins. And you know, we speak about the Tigers and the the uh, situation they're in at the moment. The Cowboys were there three weeks ago. They, they'd lost four in a row. Toddy Payton was under pressure. He'd he'd called out some of his senior players in in after match press conferences, and you know there was you know, rumblings of rumours, you know, rumours of stuff going on up there that players weren't happy. And now they've won three in a row. Uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're in great form. Uh, Tal Malolo's back from injury, and they go to um, the Warriors against the Warriors this week at Central Coast. You know, a chance of winning four in a row, so hasn't their season turned around? I love Scott yeah. Drinkwater after the game describing Todd Payton as a calm, grumpy sort of person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> calm, yeah. grumpy, that works yeah. yeah. But again, Drinkwater and Hampton, then there's two halves going to the club next year, so they're both playing for their futures. Yeah. That, you know, they've obviously yeah. got to play for a future at the Cowboys or play for a future at all the other clubs that are looking for these halves that, that it's the merry-go-round of the NRL. I know you've been enjoying all the Tigers talk this afternoon, Robbie, mm. so let's head to the last <laughs> game of the round, shall we? Sunday afternoon, the Dragons up against the Tigers at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong and a big inclusion for St George Illawarra. Skipper and playmaker Ben Hunt makes his return from a broken leg. Jack Bird moves back to the centres with Cody Ramsey pushing out to the wing and Jordan Pereira missing for the next three weeks. Michaela Ravalawa has also been suspended. He'll be missing for two weeks, so Max Fungi replaces him on the wing. Josh Kerr claims his starting spot in the second row with Will Burns dropping back to the bench. A number of changes for the Tigers. Joey Leilua is back in the centres with James Roberts shifting sides. Alex Twile moves into the front row with Luke Garner coming off the bench to start in the second row and Joe Offahengawi shifting to lock. Stefano Utoikamanu has dropped out of the starting side and Thomas McKayley will join him on the bench. The Dragons absolutely blown off the park by the Roosters in the second half of the Anzac Day game, Noddy. Is this the perfect time for Ben Hunt to make his return and give them that lift? It gives them a lift, yeah. The captain was playing very, very well before he broke his leg. Uh, he comes in with no pressure because, as you said, they were blown off the park last week. So um, I would think a lot of their players would look to respond. They've gone very, very well for the last few weeks leading into that clash. It, it's an... It's a, Opportunity for young halfbacks to look at the game last week. They had their winger sent to the bin for 10 minutes at the end of the first half. So the Roosters, for the next 10 minutes, 
attacked the left edge for the Dragons and scored two tries. And then they started the second half in good form as well. But the, the scoreline had already put pressure on the Dragons, 18-6, not 10-6, you know. So for any young kid that plays in the half, if someone gets 10 minutes in the bin and they come from an edge, go and play football at that edge. Mm. Because that's what the Dragons weren't able to then do in the start of the second half, Noddy, is capitalise when they had an extra... That's right, they had an, they, and they got... They actually lost the, the part of the match when they were down... When the Roosters were down a player, the Roosters won the game in that period as well. I think they won it 6-0 or 10-6 in that period of the match as well. So really, really important that you take the advantage when the player's in the bin. Um, it's a good lift for them. Uh, he's their captain. He's playing very well. Um, they'll look to respond. The biggest thing they need to do is probably not leak points when when they're under pressure, which that's the lesson I think they would have got out of the Roosters match last week. Noddy, I'm going to ask you the Tigers question oh, as oh, well. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> With Robbie sitting beside you there in his blue shirt, uh. I want you to imagine... <laughs> that Robbie's playing this weekend. That, you, <laughs> <laughs> that you're Michael Maguire, yeah. you're in the dressing sheds, it's a quarter to four on Sunday afternoon, Robbie's sitting beside you in yeah. his blue shirt, potentially. Yeah. What is your message to the team this week? I, I want them to go out and compete on everything. I want them, If they're involved in a tackle, they need to want to win that tackle, uh, have two markers, sprint back to the defensive line, get off the line, um, kick pressure, all, all the things that really are individual challenges. Uh, and then if you've got the ball, I want you to run extremely hard. And if Robbie's inside or outside me, I would like them to, to support me as well. So I think it just takes, get rid of all the shape and the structure and all, all the other things that come with the game and just compete. Just let you go out there and compete and grab a mate and say, hey, mate, come here with me. We're going to win this challenge and we're going to fight together. Is that the vibe that you're getting? Is that what Couldn't we're have said it any better myself. Yeah. yeah. I think it's spot on. Yeah, that's all any fan or member or sponsor or you know, ex-player asks for is, is to go and compete and play for that jersey and, and wear it with pride. And uh, hopefully we'll see that from the Tigers this weekend. The, to play in our role, you, you're tough and you're a good footy player, right? So if, if you don't need all the shape and the structure and all the, all the preparation that goes with it, you just need to turn up there at 4 o'clock on the Sunday afternoon and, and compete. Because what will happen is the defensive line will give you some indicators to play football. You've just got to be willing enough to, to have a crack and yeah. either play the football and have some people in and around you to push. And then on the back of that, you just make it up. <laughs> well, you make it no, up. But it's yeah. right. When you, when you do the tough stuff and you earn yeah. the right, then the other opportunities come yeah. off the back of that. Yeah. Yeah, you, but you, yeah, it's the easiest thing to do, but it's the hardest thing yeah. to do is, is play tough and do all those effort areas. But if you get that part of your game right, that creates the opportunity for the, the football to come off the back of it. So, you know, that's what they, they, we've got to base our game off the tough stuff and earn the right to create the opportunities and let the ball do the talking. That's how round eight will wrap up on Sunday afternoon, but it will all kick off on Thursday night, of course, with the Raiders hosting the Rabbitohs at Bruce Stadium in Canberra. You don't need to miss a moment of the action this weekend. You can see it on Channel 9, on Fox Sports, on KO, on Sky Sports New Zealand and on Watch NRL for our international viewers. All right, I'll let you both off the hook at the start of the show or the game as we're calling yeah. it today, Noddy. With your predictions from round mm. seven, let's recap, shall we, and see whether the boys got it right. Anzac Day, Dragons, Roosters, Golden Point. Full time on Anzac Day, Roosters 34 have beaten the Dragons 10. Well, Tommy come back last week and switched it, so the man that comes back this week, Sean Johnson, I'm gonna say he'll be the star for the Sharks in their clash on Saturday afternoon. Not quite <laughs> naughty, but I loved the optimism as always. When well, they took him off. He didn't get the last <laughs> shine. Otherwise, you would have been bang on without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Robbie, you know we don't let you yeah. away with yeah. anything here at NRL team. So let's go back to a prediction mm. from round three, shall we? Oh, we'll have yeah. to judge this in a couple of weeks' time, but I'm going to go with what we said. I think the loser of the Broncos Bulldogs game 
will be none from eight mm-hmm. to start the season. So we can re- re- revisit it in five weeks' time. And finally, they are on the board. But my goodness, they had to earn it. The archives. What we kept That's right. Right. <laughs> I was very happy to be proven wrong there because to see how hard they've worked and the emotion that Trent Barrett showed after the game, uh, it was awesome to see. So I was a, a very happy loser in that and prediction. I imagine that would mean a huge amount to his players as well, yeah. seeing that response after the game. You're right, it was brilliant to see. So I'm very happy that you were wrong. Yeah. What's your headline pr- prediction out of round eight, Noddy? Uh, Robbie Farah for three tries, six, <laughs> 150 <laughs> metres uh, and um, one charge. You <laughs> <laughs> have a time machine back 15 years. Uh, actually, I, I think Val Holmes will shine for the Cowboys yeah. and be a star in their winning performance. So one or two tries and certainly keep that goal-kicking uh, record going for himself. Which has been super impressive. Robbie? David Fafita, two more tries against his former club this weekend. Another double for Mm. David Fafita. Look out, Bronx. Poor old Broncos fans. Looking forward to that game on Friday night as well. Gentlemen, really good to see you both. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Lovely to have your company as well. Enjoy all of the Round 8 footy this weekend. We look forward to seeing you right back here on NRL Teams next week.